0: moving and I'm a mess so I got my tissue and I got my water and uh, we'll just see what the Holy Ghost wants to do today because I know it's going to be good you know you can take it to the bank that when the enemy is busting your chops all week God has something good for you And I know because this week has been really a lot for me preparing this word today, I know God's going to speak through me. So he's going to have his way. I planned it out, but it's going to be what he wants to say. Let me just tell you that on Thursday, that's the day we do a preaching meeting, and um, I always like to be prepared. You know what i mean i'm one of those people that when i show up i got it together i've got it done and i showed up um over here at eight something on thursday with the nine o'clock preaching meeting and the holy ghost gave me a download and he changed everything that i had prepared and ready on wednesday i was like okay god You're gonna make me look real dumb in front of Pastor Isaiah the first time he's ever heard me preach at a preaching meeting. I'm gonna look real dumb. And you know, I had incomplete sentences and everything, but let me just tell you what he did after that meeting. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Have a seat if you can. Give it up for this worship team. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Well, how many of you guys are loving this series? So good. We're learning more about You guys didn't some of you said so good. How many of you guys are loving this series? <laughs> that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, We're learning more about why big church exists and what we are called to do in this city. But here's what I really love about this series. You're learning about you. And you're learning about how you can grow and your spiritual gifts and how God wants to use you. And maybe the pieces of the puzzle are coming together of why he even led you to a place called big church. What is big church? I had somebody, I, I, I'm getting, I'll tell this story again in a minute, but I was at a pop-up shop last night and um, I said, I go to bed at seven o'clock on Saturday night. Every Saturday night. But I was asked on Thursday to do a pop-up shop for our uh, online boutique. And so I was like, I felt like I had to do it. And so I did. It didn't get over till 10. 10. And mama didn't get to bed till 1030. And I was like, Lord, you are going to have to do something in me today. But when I was there, um, I was telling them that I would be preaching today. And I go to bed at 7 o'clock. And they were like, well, where do you go to church? And I told them big church. And then I got to tell them the why behind the what of why it's called big church. And for those of you, we've got some new people here that have only been coming for a few weeks. So let me just tell you, um, we did things backwards. Story of my life. Um, But uh, we started as a youth church. So we were serving high school and college age students. And then what was happening is we were having people say, when are you going to start a church for my age? And um, it took us about two years praying into that. It took Pastor Rich two years. It took me about two weeks. The Lord said, let's go, and I was like, let's go, because I wanna go all the time. Um, but anyway, so we started Big Church and named it Big Church for two reasons. Number one, our life verse. God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can think or imagine big God. Second reason is when we would go preach in Sunday morning church, our high schoolers, we would say, we're going to preach at big church. You want to come on a Sunday morning? Because we did church on Sunday night. So anyway, I got to share that story. And now, how many of you guys didn't know that story? Oh, yay. Good. Well, anyway, um, you're going to learn in the course of these few weeks of why you might have been led to big church. You know, when you really know God, and you really find freedom, didn't Pastor Johnny do a great job last week? Wow. It leads us, okay, we know God, we found freedom, and now we need to discover our purpose, right? Because God didn't just put us here to sit on a pew. He puts something bigger in us. And then ultimately, it leads us to making a difference. And you guys, it's going to make a difference in your own lives, but it's going to make a difference in your friends' and your family's life. It's going to make a difference in loving Louisville to life, and it's going to make a difference in every city you step foot in. Do you believe that? Because you can't live out something you don't believe. You can't do it. So can you believe by following those simple, simple, not easy, steps that you can make a difference that changes everything? It's crazy, right? Let's pray. Father, I come to you today. I have myself behind you. Lord, I just ask that you uh, speak through me. God, that you open the hearts and the ears of the hearers. Lord, today, we don't ever wanna come in your presence where you don't offend our hearts and change our lives. So today, Lord, would you move in us? Would you change us? Would you rearrange us? Would you do what only you can do? We're here for you. This is in our social club, although it's fun. It's, it, it, it's not our place where we just come to get fed. God, we're coming with to hear from you, to get our marching orders, so that we can go make a difference. We love you today, in Jesus' name. So, the title of this week's message is Discover Your Purpose. Now, I'm gonna ask for some crowd participation here for a second. Raise your hand if you know your purpose in life. Wow, about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 people, 11 people. Praise the Lord. Um, now, raise your hand if you are still struggling to discover your purpose. Okay, this is why we're here. <laughs> what is purpose? Listen, it is defined as the reason for which something is done or created or which something exists. I'm going to read it again. It is defined as the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. It seems like in today's world, so many people are struggling to even know who they are, let alone know what their purpose is, right? Last weekend after church, we went up to see my dad and... The family all came in and my sister-in-law is working at a new innovative like medical company and she began to tell us about furries how many of you guys have heard about furries okay i hadn't i was like what furries what is that well anyway it's humans who decide that they're going to start dressing up as cats. And she went on to say that um, she had heard, and we know what heard means. That means it's probably a rumor, right? Um, That she had heard that schools were putting litter boxes in the bathrooms for schools. Well, I Googled it, and that is false. But she did tell me that people were doing that In their work they were bringing litter boxes into their um, their bathrooms and as you may know I used to be a teacher that was many decades ago Um, but what I learned is the students that were misbehaving not doing well on wouldn't turn in their homework blah 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 all that stuff they were doing it for attention you know in our lives, if we don't get attention for good things, then we're going to act out so that we get attention. And I believe this, as Wikipedia called it, a furry fandom subculture. I believe these, are, these people are not knowing their identity because they've never gotten the attention that they needed. And so now they're acting in a way that is completely against what, like, they're taking on an animal role instead of a human role. And that's not to say we're judging them, we're looking down our nose at them. That's saying, hey, I want to give those people some attention. I... I And you know, you guys, you cannot find your purpose, discover your purpose until you really know who you are. So if you're struggling with your identity, you're going to struggle finding your purpose. Let me prove it. In Jeremiah 1, the Bible says that God knew you before he ever formed you in your mother's womb. He knew you. Then in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven it says he knew the plans and purpose. That's not exactly the way the Bible reads, but plans are purpose. And he knew the plans and purpose for your life. And listen, you guys, the purpose for your life is a good plan. It has no disaster. It has no uh, bad stuff in it. It's a good plan. But you know what? When things get hard... When we get bored, come on, somebody, anybody ever get bored and go, you know what? I don't know about this. Or when we experience loss, we begin to doubt the purpose that God has for us. And we even begin to doubt, God, are you sure that you've got a good plan for me? Anybody relate to that? Or you may be thinking, I missed my purpose. You know, over the past two years, I began, and the people that were closest to me know that, and actually, I preached a whole message on it, so uh, if you were here for that, you know it, but I was really struggling, and I thought that I had missed my purpose. I, we had, we um, championed and pushed through the pandemic when the whole world was on lockdown real well. But then afterwards, it hit me in the face, and I was like, wow, this is hard. Because a lot of people didn't come back to church. A lot of people just walked away from the Lord completely. And that hurt my heart. And then a few months later, I lost my mom. And so I was just really in a place where I was questioning my purpose. And then everything happened where everybody is against everybody. We're so offendable. Oh, you said that the wrong way. I'm offended. And now... I'm gonna block you I'm not gonna be friends with you and you guys I'm just challenging big church that should not be us if we call ourselves Christians we do not block people out we love people where they're at and you know what I'm sure you don't agree with all my opinions and I don't agree with all yours but we're still a family and if you call yourself a believer we're gonna end up in heaven together so we better get on the same page but I wanted to quit and just walk away. Right, Leanne? How many times did I cry? You call you crying? But can I just tell you too many times, we, me included, we walk away from the very plan and purpose of where God has placed us, where he was going to heal us and restore us because we quit too soon. You see, the enemy wants to derail you or even steal your purpose because he knows if he can derail you or steal your purpose, you are not going to be used for God the way that he had planned for you to. Real Talk Kim said, how many of you guys love her? She said it. she. There are some times you just have to push. Have you ever been in a season where, like, I don't know how I'm going to go on. If I wouldn't have pushed, I wouldn't have been up here today. If I wouldn't have pushed, God wouldn't have been able to bring good things into my life. I don't know if you all know all the stuff. And I this is... I said I was gonna say whatever the Holy Spirit put in my mind. Um, I was sharing with Jessica Wethington today. She asked about my dad. He has stage four cancer, uh, lung filling up. And then she asked about my son Keenan, who had a brain aneurysm and had to have his ha- head cut. And I'm telling you, two praises. And if I would have given up on my purpose, I wonder if that would have happened. You know. My dad feels great after three chemo treatments. We've got some answers, and uh, God's good. Second thing, my son, who was going to have to have another surgery because his eye was shut, and when you opened it, you know that um, guy on all of uh, Happy Gilmore, what's his name? Adam Sandler's movie where one eye's this way and one eye's this way. When he opened his eyes, that's what it did. And he was devastated because he's a good-looking kid. Um, I was devastated for him. I think everybody was. But can I tell you what happened last week? Right before Sunday, God opened his eye. And it's no longer looking this way or that way. It's looking this way. Now, he doesn't have his vision back, but it's coming in Jesus' name just telling you, do not quit just right before the breakthrough. It's always darkest before the dawn, right? It's always darkest before the dawn. Can you remember a time when you were just about to give up and God intervened, right? You couldn't take another step, but God, And ultimately, gang, if you quit pushing before you learn the lesson and get the breakthrough, let me tell you what God's going to do. You're going to go through it again and again and again and again. And you're like, God, I, I mean, why do I have to keep going through that? And he's like, son, daughter, learn the lesson Leadership is all about learn the lesson, forget the experience. What is it that God is trying to teach you so that you're not wandering around out in the wilderness when he has a promised land in front of you? We're going to be looking at that text today. We're going to look at Moses and his purpose. Purpose. There we go. Purpose. God had a purpose For Moses from birth. Do y'all believe that? His mom, I'm going to butcher her name, Jochebed. Jochebed. I'm very timid about that. I'm not confident. Uh, His mom, Jochebed, put him in a basket in the reeds, reeds and put him in the Nile River because Pharaoh said, I'm killing all babies, boys. And so she was like, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't killing my baby boy. And she just thought that she was saving his life, but really she was saving his purpose so God could use him for what he called him to. Pharaoh's daughter found him and she was like, oh, look at this cute little baby. I'm just gonna take this little baby and I'm gonna take him home and I'm gonna raise him as my own. So she saved him, she rescued him. And a lot more story happens, read your Bible, and you'll learn, and I'm telling you, it's the best soap opera, it's the best movie, it's what is it is so good. There's some scandalous things in the Bible. Um, but uh, a lot happened before Moses stepped up to the plate and began to lead the Israelites out of slavery. But Moses couldn't see it, or he couldn't believe that God was, would choose him or use him. He had a ton of excuses. How many excuse makers do I have in the house? Pastor Rich on the front row, raise your hand first. <laughs> Love you, baby. <laughs> he had a ton of excuses, just like we do. And you guys, when God is asking us to do something bigger than our, ourselves, it's hard. It is hard. So let's look at some of Moses' excuses. Excuse number one, I'm just not good enough. His first excuse came right after he had an encounter with the burning bush and God being right there and speaking to him. Like, really? You're gonna question anything that God says when he shows up in a burning bush to you and speaks and you audibly hear him? But he did. God told him he had seen the abuse that was going on in Egypt, and he was going to use him to go talk to Pharaoh. So let's look at Exodus 3, 11 and 12. It says, but Moses protested to God. How many of you have protested to God? Like, God, really? You really want to use me? Are you kidding me? Um, who? And he said, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I? I to lead people of Israel out of Egypt. And God answered, I will be with you and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. You see, Moses didn't know who he was. And he was struggling to even know whose he was. He was struggling with his identity like so many people are today. You guys, we are living in an identity crisis. He wasn't looking at everything he was good at. He was only looking at the things that he was not good at. He was comparing himself to everybody else that God had used or was going to use. And if excuses are the number one killer of purpose, comparison has to be number two. I believe now more than ever because we live in a social media world. It is time to quit comparing ourselves to somebody else on social media. We've got to quit keeping up with the Joneses. Just because your friend is called to something doesn't mean you're called to something. Oh, just because a microphone looks good, let me just tell you, I'll mop the daggone floors and clean the clean the toilets. Everybody wants to be here, but are you willing to do what it? takes to get here, whatever that is, at your job. Maybe it's valedictorian. I remember after um, high school, I was like, you know what? When I go to college, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all those braids and all that stuff. I made the dean's list a few times, but I never was at a point where I was that good because I wasn't willing to do what it took. We've got to stop comparing. Everybody, raise your right hand. Put it on a bio, your left hand on a Bible. I'm just kidding, but seriously, can you can we just agree today that I'm gonna quit comparing my worst qualities with somebody else's best qualities? I have a friend. She has this nice flat stomach. She's the same age I am. She's going through menopause. I'm through it. Uh, she has this nice flat stomach, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had a flat stomach. But going through menopause, I got a rounded stomach. (laughs) And um, that's why I love all these oversized shirts that are in style right now. Um, But, and she has a good butt too. And I was like, ah, wish I had that. Is that okay to say in church? Oh, well. Um, And God showed me, but baby, you got gray legs. (laughs) he didn't call me baby. That's my word. I call myself baby. Baby, you got great legs. And so isn't that what we do? Instead of looking at my great legs, I was looking at her great tight belly and bubble butt. That I wanted that. I began to covet something that God didn't bless me with. Okay, move on. And I'm telling you, we have got to get past that place where we're comparing ourselves to everybody else. Like I said, I I attended an event last night, and it was for people in the beauty world. It was hairdressers and aesthetic people and stuff. And, like, I don't know if you know it, but Louisville, Kentucky is the most divisive city I, I, I know Everybody's against everybody. We can't team up and be a team and do anything. It's not that way. It's that way in churches. It's that way in the beauty industry. It's that way probably in your jobs. It's that way in families. It's like it's there's a heaviness that, and I'm saying this so that we can begin to break it through our prayers that that um, that sits over Louisville, Kentucky. But last night, this little young hotshot hairdresser, she said, "You know what?" I'm just the person to change it. And this is the second networking event that she's brought people together. And now people are getting on the same page saying, yeah, let's change this. We're here for each other. We're better together, as Angela said, to open. Love that. Because, you guys, when we compare, remember, we're comparing our worst with someone's best. We just have to keep focusing on the goal that God gave us. Being obedient to what he says his plan is for us. When God gives you a purpose, you can be assured that he is going to help you fulfill it. He's not going to do it for you. I'm trying to look in everybody's eyes. It'll take too long. Uh, But he's not going to do it for you, but he will certainly help you. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to step up to the plate and knock it out of the park. Excuse number two, I don't know what to say. He was afraid someone would ask him something he didn't know. Can you guys relate to that? Are you afraid to lead somebody to Christ? Because what if they ask me a question and I don't know that Bible, that Bible verse that helps them walk through that? Maybe you go, I've. Always wanted to lead a crew, but I can't lead somebody because what if they ask me something I don't know? Or what if somebody says, hey, can you pray for me? And you're like, no, 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 Go ask one of the prayer team to pray for you. But Exodus 3, 13 and 14 says, but Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, well, what is his name? then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Well, what's his name? What? I am? That's weird. Hmm. Okay, I'll do it. God told numerous people in Scripture that that he would put the words in your mouth. You don't even have to worry about it. You get the word in you, and it'll come out of you when it is time for it to come out. God just wants us dependent on him. See, when we're focused on what we're going to say, we're focused on ourselves. But when we're dependent on him, he's going to show up. And you guys, it is okay to say, I don't know that answer. Let me go ask wise counsel. Let me go dig into the word. Let me find out the answer and I'll come back to you. See, God doesn't want a bunch of prideful know it dolls who's going to sit there and tell somebody something that's wrong. That's how we lead people astray because we speak stuff that we don't even know. Remember that sermon series that we preached that we were talking? I can't remember the title of them, the name of that sermon series. Say what? Like people that say the Bible says all this and the Bible never said any of it. That's why we have to preach messages like that. Um, So it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'll find out. If God is putting it on your heart, he's going to help you lean into him. Excuse number three, I am not a good speaker. Exodus 4.10 says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good at words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. You guys, there was a story in the Old Testament where God spoke through a donkey. Now, if God can speak through a donkey. Don't you think he can speak through you? Excuses, excuses, excuses. What excuses have you given to God? What excuses have you given to yourself? What have you given to others so that you don't fulfill your purpose? What have you talked yourself out of that God is trying to bring you into? Is it a relationship? Either to to pursue friendship with somebody or walk away from friendship with somebody? Is there something that God is calling you to in your personal life, but you are too darn scared to do it? What about your career? What is God saying? I remember the time that Pastor Rich, who is um, safe, he's in Enneagram 9, he's very safe. He came home from Big O Tires one day, and he said, I quit my job today. And I was like, what? I was like, ecstatic about it because I'd been telling him, listen, I, God has something more for us, but the fact that you're kind of having to go work this job every day, it's holding us back. And he came on, I was like, what? You quit your job? You quit your job? But that's what I'm talking about. When God tells you to do something, just do it. And what about your church life? Your ministry? Because every single one of you have a ministry. God doesn't put you through stuff, allow you to go through stuff. Sometimes you put yourself through it. Um, But God doesn't allow you to go through stuff that he isn't going to use. Every test becomes a testimony. Every mess becomes a message. But y'all, it's up to you. You can stay a victim in your muck and your mire and your mess for the rest of your life, and God can't use you. But the minute you take all that and use it for his glory, he is going to show up big time. Let me tell you, I've had a lot of jobs in my adult life. (laughs) And I look at these jobs as pieces of the puzzle to bring me to my purpose. I started out as a teacher, I lasted about 2.3 years. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I am not going to committee this. I have good ideas because I got God ideas. You know what I'm talking about? I ain't going to take it to a committee and let them tell me if I can do that or not. Um, I was a little rebellious back then too. Um, (laughs) Just being honest. Um, But The things that God allowed me to learn as a teacher when I stepped into ministry helped me. I was counseling people that were a mess. I remember my last year of teaching, I was in a a classroom where I had a padded timeout room. And I didn't get mad. I. I I, I I just took it. I, I didn't take it in stride, but I know I was there on assignment because I didn't teach them much. <laughs> there was no math or English or any of that, but I got to teach them life. And how do you cope when somebody does you wrong? It, I, I look back and go, wow. And I was depressed that year. My students came early or came late and left early because they couldn't be with the rest of the population. Um, they were that tormented. And um, I remember that I, they would leave at 2.20 uh, and everybody else would leave at 3.20 and that whole hour I'd go to my uh, supervisor's office and I would just cry. I can't believe what they've been through so on and so forth. It was heartbreaking, but it prepared me so that when I'm going through heartbreaking things with people in ministry, that I can walk through that. You guys, my second job, it was, um, I started out as a salesperson. And then moved up into leadership with Mary Kay Cosmetics. Yes, I drove the pink Cadillac and I was very proud to drive the pink Cadillac. Uh, I became a sales director and then a senior sales director, and that's where I learned listen, God gives the gifts, then we have to steward them. And so God had given me a leadership gift. But then I learned how to hone that leadership gift the 20-some years I did that. And um, so when I became a pastor, I was like, wow, yeah. And then I went and worked at Christian Radio, just for a couple years, and uh, I did marketing and events. So we step into planting a church, and I was like, look at the Lord pulled the counseling from teaching, pulled the leadership from Mary Kay, brought the marketing and events from Christian radio. Only God could have those pieces of the puzzle to put together. With every place that I was, I was 100% all in until God said move. It was a part of my purpose. You see, I think sometimes we get so fixated on figuring out our purpose that we don't, we're not faithful for where God's called us to right now. And I'm not just talking places, but in your life. You know, where the things that God, you're, you're going through, it's part of it. So don't wish it away. Don't try to speed it up. Let it be in God's timing. Being faithful with what you have and where you are right now is a part of discovering your purpose. Let me break it down. When God can trust you with small things, he's going to give you bigger things. Matthew 25, 23 says, the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not well done, my perfect servant. Not well done, the one who's at the top of the, the gang, the top of the, the team. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You know, about 20 years ago when I moved up in Mary Kay. Every, I, I had a platform then, I had an audience. I was leading sales consultants and then got to lead directors too at retreats and stuff. And every time that I would get to get the honor of speaking in front of people, I always backed it up with scripture. I'd make my, my sales points and then I'd give them scripture because scripture doesn't return void, right? Um, but for years after this, and I knew it was part of my purpose to be pastoring and preaching. But for years, I tried to prove God to God that I wasn't good enough. How many of you guys have done things purposely to say, see, God, <laughs> you don't want to use me. I'm a mess. Yes. Same. And it's that, 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 the way that's described is self-sabotage. And I had been through a lot. I was broken Like B-R-O-K-E-N, broken, broken. But broken people need to be healed. And that's when I got to start my process of inner healing and deliverance. And God began confirming how he wanted to use me. If I wouldn't have gotten to those places, I don't know if I would have ever discovered my purpose. God will always nudge you to live out the plan that he's called you to and purposed you for from the very beginning. I love that he never gives up on you. No matter how many times you mess up, no matter what, he keeps coming after you. Further on in the story of Moses, he sent out 12 spies to scout out the the promised land. And 10 of them came back, you guys, and they said, whoa, we can't do it. They're stronger, they're bigger, and we look like little bitty grasshoppers to them. But in Numbers 14, 6 through 9, two men, two of the 12, who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of, yeah, him, tore their clothing. And they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled and explored is a wonderful land. How many positive people do we have in the house? And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a land rich, flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against God and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us, and don't be afraid of them. Joshua was kind of saying, hey, guys, this land is good. It's real good. It's full of the, all the things that we want and need. Listen, they've been living on manna that God dropped every day. They were, I mean, how many of you guys can eat the same meal every single meal? You meal prep people, I know you can. <laughs> uh, not me. Um, and so what ended up happening is uh, they're, they're getting a little ugly about it. It's full of things we want and need. We um, can just trust that God will lead us. we got to quit rebelling. We've got to quit making excuses. we got to quit grumbling and complaining. Let's not die outside of our purpose. That's what Joshua was saying. So, number, the excuse number four, his very last excuse, is he let negativity cause doubt and keep him from his purpose no matter how hard Joshua tried to convince Moses that the promised land was worth it, no matter how many times I try to convince you that God has a plan and it's a good plan, no matter how many times I believe in you or somebody else believes in you, you're the only one that can Make that decision. You see, Moses listened to the complainers, the doubters, and he lost sight of the vision. It got hard to believe when he was surrounded by all the negativity. Sarah Jakes Roberts spoke at VU Conference this year. And one of her most touching points for me was this. Whatever you're around gets on you. Then it gets in you, and then it comes through you. Let me read that again. (laughs) Whatever you're around gets on you. Then it gets in you, and then it comes through you. I know we don't mean for that to happen, but that's what happens. And I want you to answer this question in your mind. So what are you around right now? Do you have it? You got it in your mind? Let me just tell you, whatever it is in your mind, it's getting on you. It's getting in you and it's gonna come through you. You absolutely must guard your eyes, guard your mouth, guard where you go, your hands and your feet. You gotta guard your ears and you gotta guard your heart. You all remember that song we sang in Sunday school? Uh, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. I know it goes all that, but I'm not going to spare you. I'm sparing you from my singing. Uh, but it's so important. And we ha- we're living in a culture today where we don't guard nothing, we just let it get on us and in us, and it's coming through us, and it's ugly. Your purpose isn't always popular, popular. It's not always popular. I can tell you from personal experience, when I've obeyed a bold word from the Lord, there's always been someone who thinks I'm wrong. But your purpose is powerful. Nobody can talk you into your purpose And nobody can talk you out of your purpose. And because Moses lacked faith, leadership, and got caught up in everybody else's grumbling and complaining, he died short of fulfilling the purpose of leading the Israelites into the promised land. So God allowed Joshua to step in and fulfill Moses' purpose. And he led them into the promised land because he trusted God. Your purpose will cost you something. Your purpose, the very thing that God has for you to do, it matters. And you guys, you may have to sacrifice some stuff in your personal life, your personal desires to accomplish God's. I hate doing this. I rarely want to preach on a Sunday morning, rarely. I mean, when God gives me a word, I'm like, come on, I'm ready to go. But to prepare, I I would rather spend time teaching leadership. I would rather spend time pouring into people and helping them discover their purpose and discipling people. And I would rather plan creative events and do creative things and make these little cutesy things that we have around here. But God, God has called me to this, so i got to be obedient to it. Our mindset has to become his will over my desires. God may just open the windows of heaven and blow your mind if you will step into it. Just like the Israelites were depending on Moses to lead them through the promised land, there are people depending on you. 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 You, 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 you. God is depending on you. There are people depending on you. So we've got to quit making excuses and say yes to what God is asking. We've got to step out of the unknown, rely on God for direction and inspiration, and to make, because God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? He will. He will do it. Some of you know your purpose, like didn't I count like nine of you? You know your purpose and you're still making excuses of why God can't use you. But some of you don't know your purpose. So I wanna give you some practical things. That's my favorite part is the practical things. Who's like, yeah, help me find my purpose. You're gonna laugh. But first one, look at your passions and look at your spiritual gifts. What do people say you're good at? Because most of the time, your purpose lies somewhere in that. Okay, that's that's the first one. The second one is ask, and ask, and ask again. What that means is pray. Matthew 7, 7 says keep on asking, Keep on knocking and keep on seeking, and you the door will be opened unto you. I know these are simple, but are you doing it? Or are you going, well, you know, I don't know what I, my purpose is. Have you asked God? He'll give it to you. Number three, read your Bible. And you may be going, somehow every, every message you guys say, pray, read your Bible, and worship. It's that simple, you guys, but God speaks to us through his word. We know you can have dreams and there's other people with dreams and prophetic words and people speaking into your life, but can I tell you, dreams, people speaking into your life and prophetic words have to come with confirmation from the word. If it doesn't line up with the Word, it's not God. Even if somebody said, God said. It's got to line up with the Word. And the Word, because the Word bears witness with our spirit. The fourth one, say yes. Just say yes. Oh, is that idea from God or is that from me? Try it. Experiment. He'll speak to you in that. Okay, well, I... (laughs) I think I can sing. They constantly tell me I really can't. I kind of make fun. They kind of make fun of me. But uh, the other thing is I'm wanting like a dance team. I told culture this last week and they will not have me on there because your girl can't move. But having said that, I would probably experiment it if I have a, a desire to do it. I, I don't, though, because I, I already know. Um, and the last one, you guys. But honestly, God will speak to you. Like, if I feel called to sing, I may audition sometime, Pastor Isaiah. I might. Uh, but he'll speak to me or he'll speak to somebody else through the, you know. He'll say, oh, no. Number five, be faithful till God shows you the next Piece of the puzzle. So if you're called to big kids right now, don't leave to sit on a pew. We're called to serve. If you're called to, if you feel like, oh, I really, I really want to be a greeter, stay in that position till God speaks and moves you to the next place. You guys, when you discover your purpose, you go from really existing to really living. And what ends up happening when you step into your purpose is you leave a legacy for the next generation. Would you stand with me? And just close your eyes right now. And I'm really not going to say a lot. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you this whole message. And I believe that God has your next best step. And he's just waiting on your response. And for some of you today, the next best step is to start a relationship with him. Because you never have. You're always like, ah, oh, but, but I got to get my life together. That's his job. That's not your job. His purpose is to clean us up. Our job is to just say yes. And for some of you, your next best step is to get out of that relationship, whether it be a friendship or whether it be a a, a romantic, get out of it. And for some of you, it's, hey, this person is really proving themselves to be for you, and you're like, Got your head in the sand. What's going on? Is it something in your career? God's leading you to do something different or something more, but you're too fearful. And maybe it's, hey, I want to use you in ministry. I really do. But you've got to surrender and let me do it. And I'm just going to ask you to make a step as an outward sign of God speaking to you today, I'm just gonna ask you to just come to the front. And I want us to scooch all the way in. I don't want anybody in the aisles. I want us across this front, if God spoke to you today and said, hey, it's time to step into your purpose. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for every ear that heard your word today. And God, I I just ask, Lord, that you just lay it real thick on them right now and give them the courage to step out in faith, to be obedient to what you're saying. Move in and out of every row, throughout every chair, and begin to move. We trust you today, God. We're ready to do what you've called us to do. Bless these people in Jesus' name.